Shall we turn our Bibles to Ezekiel and chapter 36? Ezekiel chapter 36. And we read verses 25 to 27. Ezekiel chapter 36. Verses 25 to 27. And I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. The Lord is speaking to the people of Israel in this place. And he is concerned about the people of Israel. The reason for his great concern is that these people have been scorned. And uh, if you remember some months ago, I spoke from this very chapter with a message that was titled Scorn for Scorn. Remember that? Some titles might stick in our head for a longer time. Scorn for scorn. And uh, you see, they were scorned, they were ridiculed by the nations around because of the disgrace they experienced. Because whatever was happening in their life was not something that was great, that was good. They were suffering in their lives. What was happening was because of their sins, they were struggling. The Lord was angry with them. He banished them. He, he exiled them to Assyria and to Babylon and many nations. And uh, kings around them came and waged war against them. And so what was happening was something that was very disgraceful. That the nations around did not uh, you know, speak well of them, but they despised them. And so the Lord was concerned in the way the people of Israel were treated and looked down upon. And so in this context we see uh, where the Lord is speaking to the people of Israel and saying, I'm going to do a mighty work amongst them where they are not going to be scorned anymore. And I'm going to shut them out. Hallelujah. Only God can shut the mouth of the lion. He can, the one who is able to shut the mouth of the lions can shut the mouth of anybody also. Just because somebody has a mouth and they have the right to speak, they may be able to speak whatever they want to say, but the Lord will shut their mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. That's only possible with God. God will do something that will shake their lives in such a way that they will just shut up and sit down. Amen. The enemies who rise up against you, the people who scorn you, the people who mock at you, despise you, ridicule you, speak ill of you, behind your back or in front of you, will be shut up by God. Amen. But while he does that for them, he's also doing a work in our lives. Amen. He will also cleanse us. Amen. Hallelujah. He will do a work both for us and for them. All right, and so get ready this morning because the Lord wants to desire for us to have a certain kind of a heart. And if we capture the heart of God, and if our heart is like His, 
then we're going to see a great blessing a breakthrough coming into our lives let's look at this passage we read this is what we want to focus on because we've already focused on some of the other things previously there's something that we're picking up from there and we're going to look at verses 25 to 27 the lord says i will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean i will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols i will give you a new heart and a new spirit in you i will remove from your uh, from you your heart of stone and i will give you a heart of flesh and i will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws the lord is saying here that he will create a new heart a clean heart and i was so amazed and excited this morning that this word that god has given us this morning was so confirmed when pastor came and prayed this morning he said we need to pray that god will give us a clean heart a new heart that god will create in us a clean heart he prayed that prayer this morning what a confirmation that this is what god wants for us today amen hallelujah the holy spirit leads us beautifully The Holy Spirit gives us a word that is right and that which is needed for us. And so let's receive it gladly this morning. The Lord wants to cleanse our hearts. Amen. The heart that God desires. That's the title that I like to give for us this message. The heart that God desires. The heart that God desires is the heart of flesh. Not a heart of stone. A heart that will be cleansed and not a heart that is impure. right we see that i will sprinkle clean water on you you will be clean i will cleanse you from your all your impurities and your idols not a impure heart but a heart that is clean not a heart of stone but a heart of flesh and i will put my spirit in you not a not the spirit of this world but the holy spirit a heart that will have the holy spirit amen a heart that will be led by the holy spirit that's what the lord desires for us god wants you to have a certain kind of heart a heart that is clean a heart that is of a heart of flesh and a heart that has the spirit of god amen very three simple things that the lord wants us to have this morning and i want us to uh, to have this clean heart and for us to have this uh, heart which is um a heart of flesh which is sensitive which is not a stony heart that does not feel that does not sense that is not um uh, you know responsive but a heart that is sensible sensitive you know pastor also prayed that this morning that god will do sensible things in our lives amen that our heart our hearts will be sensible our hearts will be sensitive and a heart of flesh and thirdly a heart that is led by the spirit of god a heart that is conducive for the spirit of god to dwell and for all of these things to happen in our lives we need a certain kind of a way we need to respond and our hearts need to be changed and transformed in a certain way and that's what we're going to look at for this to happen we need number one a responsive heart a responsive heart Let's turn our Bibles to look at 2 Kings and chapter number 22 and verses 18 to 20. 2 Kings 22 verses 18 and 
before we go into the reading of these verses let me give you a little background about this from the time of david every one of those kings that came after david most of them turned their hearts away from the lord they went into adultery they went into sin they went into idolatry they went to following the practices of the nations of the, uh, that were around them and you find that god was displeased with these kings because these kings were not pleasing to god they were supposed to lead the whole nation in the ways of the lord and they themselves did not follow the way of the lord they were deceived by themselves they fell into deception of sin and they also deceived others and the, led the whole nation astray and because of this they were constantly being punished and they were facing a lot of the wrath of the lord many of them were killed in wars many of them suffer suffered so many plagues and uh, punishments from the lord but in this situation when josiah who is one of the kings descendants of david was ruling um, you know israel and you uh, you find that he began to walk in the ways of the lord how did that happen one day when the word of god the scrolls from the temple were brought out and they were read before him he tore his robes and he fell down and he realized that they as a people of god were not keeping the word of the lord they were not following the word of god he realized that they had disobeyed god you find that in verse 8 chapter 22 and verse 8 of second kings hilkiah the high priest said to shaphan the secretary i have found the book of the law in the temple of the lord he gave it to shaphan who read it then shaphan the secretary went to the king and reported to him your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the lord and have entrusted it to the workers and supervisors at the temple and shaphan the secretary informed the king hilkiah the priest had given me a book Oh, while they were doing this construction renovation work while they were doing this interior work they discovered a book <laughs> is interesting sometimes when you actually begin to uh, do some work you clear out the loft you clear out the shelves you clear out the uh, the uh, you know storage areas and you, when you begin to break them down begin to open them up you finally find a treasure deep inside something that was sitting maybe it was a photo album of some ancestors you know great great grandfathers ancestors you know good uh, treasures some very important things some certificates or some um, you know things that they used or some albums or something that was precious that reminds you of them you discover them or when you shift your house from one place to another and you discover that something good some treasures have been inside that's how they discovered in this work and while they were doing this renovation work in the temple because all of the gold and all of the good things of the temple that was built by Solomon and placed there were all stripped away when the people of Israel fell into sin and to bribe the enemy nations they took away the gold they took away all the precious things of the temple and gave them and they were taken away by the enemy kings and so while they were involved in Josiah initiated the uh in our know, renovation work you find that they found the book of the of the lord and they and shafan read from it in the presence of the king verse 11 when the king heard the words of the book of the law he tore his robes he gave these orders to hilkiah the priest ahikam son of shafan akbar son of 
Micaiah and Shaphan the secretary and Isaiah, Isaiah the king's attendant, go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that was that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. You see, as soon as the book was read in the presence of the king, the king discovered, he realized, oh, we have not been doing all that has been written in this book. We have failed to keep the book of the law. We have failed to follow it. He realized that. And the moment he realized it, immediately he sends, you know, Hilkiah to go and inquire of the Lord. And... Uh, he realized great is the Lord's anger that burns against us. Oh, we have suffered all this while because we have failed to keep the words written in the book of the law. And because he realized, he sent um, Hilkiah to inquire of the Lord. And you find here in verse 18, the passage we wanted to read, 18 to 20, that the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this Tell the king of Judah, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the words you heard. Because, verse 19 is the key verse. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord. When you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, that they would become accursed and laid waste. And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. You need to read verse 19 very carefully. You see, he says, because your heart was responsive. The heart that God desires is a responsive heart. When will we have a clean heart? When will we have a heart of flesh? When will the Spirit of God rest in our hearts and lead our hearts? When we have a responsive heart. Amen. Hallelujah. When the word of the Lord was spoken and whatever the Lord said was true and that was realized by uh, Josiah, immediately he tore his robes and he wept and he prayed and he realized he, there was a conviction that came to him. And this is what is lacking very often even when we keep hearing God's word. Sometimes we can just hear them and say, oh, this is a very nice message. I've never seen this passage of scripture in this way. This is a very new in form of interpretation. This is a wonderful you know, way that I've never thought before. We can be very appreciative of the way the word has been expounded. We can be very much excited and elated about the way it has, you know, it was delivered and was applied. The way it was brought forth, the eloquency of the speech. We can be appreciative of everything. But the point is, the word that comes to us should bring a conviction in our heart. Should bring a response, should bring about a realization. The response that came forth from Josiah was out of a sense of conviction and a realization. The realizing the plight that we are in. This is the plight that we are at. Why are we in this situation? Because there's something that went wrong. Oh, we found this book. Oh, we never even realized that there was a book in the temple. We never even realized that, it, that this book is written about us. We never even realize that this book tells us how we ought to live and what will happen if we don't. Here is a realization that has come into Josiah's heart in a moment as they read the book that was found. And this morning I pray while we read from that same book, hallelujah, 
Isn't it amazing we have the same very book this morning in our hands? While we read from the same book day after day, while we read from the same book and hear the word of God speak, spoken to us week after week, I pray this morning that we will have a heart of realization. Amen. That we will have a responsive heart to the Lord. And what happens when we have a responsive heart? It's amazing. You see what the word of the Lord continues to come there. He says in verse number 20, Therefore I will gather you to your fathers and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. Thank God this Josiah realized that day. Thank God he was, had a responsive heart. Thank God he had a conviction and a realization. And he understood what the word of God is saying. And he understood what was the plight and why they were in this plight. You see that? Sometimes it's important that we, see, we think and reflect. It's important that we think about our own selves in the light of God's word. It's necessary that we you know, reflect back and see why are these things happening? What has gone wrong? In what way have I not kept the word of God? Is there something, some way, some area where I have not had a heart of realization? Is there something that I have missed out in following the word of God? Is there something that I'm, I need to respond to? Should I have a heart of realization? What kind of a realization that I need to have? And when we yield ourselves and we respond to God's word and we are always have this responsive heart. It is not just when crisis comes. It is not just that when we are you know, faced with needs and problems. But when we have this heart, a responsive heart all the time, every time we read God's word, we will always be moved to an, a new sense, a new direction, and a new path that we would take according to God's word. And not be doing anything that will be displease God. Amen. We will be so filled with God's word. It will not be dusted and taken out only when after, you know, it, it, we faced a lot of crisis and needs. But while we are following God's word, we carry this responsive heart all the time. And ask the spirit of God this morning, Lord, give me a responsive heart. Amen. Hallelujah. A heart that will always respond to your word. Every time we read God's word, every day when we read God's word, every time we hear the word of God, I pray that God will give us a responsive heart. That the heart of stone will be taken away and a heart of flesh will be given. But if that has to happen, we need to respond to the word of God. And when God's word comes to us, may we have an open mind. May we have an open heart and not be thinking, oh, this good word is for my neighbor. It's that for that's exactly that. That's what my husband needs to hear. That would be like written, nailing it on his head. And sometimes we can be imagining that. We can be sitting down and listening and thinking it's for somebody else. And we could be thinking of somebody else's life and saying, oh, that's exactly very good pastor is giving it well today. That's a powerful word. That would, you know, that should have shaken up somebody today. You know, we might be imagining it for someone else. But it's important that when Josiah, when he, when he heard the reading of God's word, he didn't say, oh, that's for the whole nation. He took it for himself. And he tore his robes and he wept and he prayed. And he said, oh, what a you know, foolish thing we have done. We have not followed God's word. He responded to God's word. I pray that God will give us a responsive heart. Amen. Not imagine that it is needed for someone else, but it's for me. 
Amen. That we will not shift the goalposts. That we will not shift the blame for someone else. That we will not shift the cause or anything for so, of, on someone else. And say it's all because of them all of this is happening. It's all because of someone else's fault that everything is happening. But we will have a responsive heart within ourselves. And say God I want to take this responsibility. And I want to be responsible for myself. Amen. Hallelujah. If we are honest enough to take the responsibility for ourselves and say, I need to have a responsive heart to God. I need to have a heart that will be sensitive to God's heart. And what he is speaking, what he is saying, what he is doing, what he is bringing, what conviction he is bringing. I'm going to be responding to that. And while we have this responsive heart every day, amen, you know what happens? Whatever disaster could come will be prevented. Hallelujah. God will withhold disasters. God will withhold greater problems and situations that can come and affect and devour our lives. God will hold back the enemy. God will, you know, snuff out the fiery darts of the enemy. Even if all hell may be looking like, it might be like breaking loose against you. God is able to shut the mouth of the enemy. Even the enemy comes like a roaring lion in front of you. God is able to bind the mouth of the enemy. Hallelujah. That's what happens when you have a responsive heart. And this responsible, responsive heart will give you a heart which is clean. A heart that is a heart of flesh. And a heart that has a spirit of God. Amen. The spirit of God cannot dwell in a place where the person is not responding to his word. Amen. The more we respond to God's word, the more we are giving room for the work of the Holy Spirit. The more we have the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. The more we have the, 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 the anointing and the uh, impartation and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through our lives. Very often we can be praying that the Spirit of God will manifest. That the Spirit of God will speak. The Spirit of God will use us. The Spirit of God will give us direction. The Spirit of God will work mighty things. We can be praying for the work of the Holy Spirit. But if we don't have a response of heart to his word the spirit of God cannot work through our lives the spirit of God will have no place amen hallelujah we need both the word and the spirit amen some people have too much measured on the word and left out on you know being led by the Holy Spirit but we need the word and the spirit Amen. And for the spirit to work in our lives the spirit to manifest in our lives the spirit of God to use us we need to be responsive to his word. We need to come and have a sense of realization. And for each one, it will be unique. The things that God may want to deal in our lives. The things that God may want to speak to us about. About ourselves. The things that the Lord wants probably to change. The things that he wants us to change. The areas he wants us to change. The mindsets, the attitude, the behavior, the character, the nature that has to change. Each of these may be different for each one. Each one is in a different level of growth and in different stages of growth and different places in our lives in this journey. And so it's important that we are sensitive to God and to his word and say, Lord, give me this responsive heart. A heart that will respond to you every time I read and hear your word. Hallelujah. Amen. Do we desire that this morning? Amen. And that will be very good for us. That will be a great blessing for us. Number two, quickly, in order for us to have the heart that God desires, we need um, a repentant heart. Now, all of these are interconnected. A repentant heart. 
If you turn with me to 1st Chronicles and chapter 21 This is a record about David And the Bible says here in chapter 21 and verse 1 Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel David suddenly fell for the voice of the devil Anybody can come under the attack of the enemy at any time but it's important that the lord will give us the wisdom and the grace to identify the voice of the devil the more you're familiar with the voice of god the easier it is to discern the voice of the enemy <laughs> right if you know someone really well and you're very familiar with their voice even if they call you on the phone you don't have to see their number you don't have to look at their name but the moment you hear their voice you know who it is even if you are hearing their voice after a long time if you become very familiar with the voice of a person whom you know really well you will hear their voice in whatever distant even in the darkness even if you're out there in a the darkness even in the midst of a crowd and if they're calling out to you the tone of the voice the nature of the voice will immediately help you to remember and connect with the person even if you've not seen them for a long time maybe they have changed in their shapes and sizes but still when you hear their voice you will be able to identify and know this is that person <laughs> it's interesting isn't it and the more you become familiar with the voice of god the easier it is to identify the voice of the devil and satan here incited david to take a census of israel now that he had grown now that he had acquired a lot of men fighting men who volunteered to come and fight along with him and also with a lot of support that has come to him from the house of saul after saul had died and so now david had grown much in manpower now that he had grown much in manpower he come, wants to know how much we got what's our bank balance <laughs> it's not wrong to find look at the figures look up the figures and see that we are, we need to be careful about our spending or how much we could spend but if we are always looking at the numbers and saying oh that's it that's fine we got it and if our trust is on our numbers if our trusted trust is on what we have and what we've acquired and what uh, how much we are worth or what amount of influences we have if we are measuring only that and we begin to put our trust in that that becomes something displeasing to god and so this is was a situation um for david while he numbered those who had he had as fighting men you see that that became a sin before god and god sent god gad gad in verse number 9 david seer he was a man of god he was a man who was praying and interceding and prophesying for david david seer in those days they had kings had seers who were always bringing counsel from god bringing inquiring of the lord and giving strategies and hearing from god and bringing forth the word of god to god to the kings and so david's seer was gad was nine and he tells go and tell david the lord said to gad go and tell david this is what the lord says i'm giving you three options choose one of them for me to carry out against you and this was a confrontation uh that had already come from gad and uh, here was a punishment also that god was going to bring upon david 
but when um he was confronted even by um and god and he was confronted by god and god was beginning to punish israel in verse 7 this command was evil in the sight of the lord so he punished israel then david said to god was eight i have sinned greatly by doing this now i beg you take away the guilt of your servant i have done a very foolish thing he repents of his sin take away the guilty praise but god says i'm going to send you a punishment three choices what you would what would you want to choose He says choose one of them for me to carry them against you. And Gad went to David and said to him this is what the Lord says take your choice verse 12 three years of famine 3 months of being swept away before your enemies with their swords overtaking you or 3 days of the sword of the Lord days of plague in the land when the angel of the Lord ravaging every part of Israel now then decide how I should answer the one who sent me. You see God is giving him a punishment and he says three choices choose what you want. And David said to Gad, I am in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into the hands of men. And so the Lord sent a plague on Israel and 70,000 men fell dead. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and was grieved because of the calamity. And said to the angel that was destroying the people, Enough, withdraw your hand. And the angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of around the Jebusite. You see, David sinned against God. Instead of putting his trust on the Lord, instead of counting on God's strength and God's wisdom, as he did when he went before Goliath, you know, as a young boy, he hardly had no weapons, he hardly had any men. he hardly had any training also he hardly had had any experience in fighting enemies but you know he went in the name of the armies of the living god but now that he had grown now that the blessings had come now that the money has come now that the wealth has come now that the people have come now that the strength has come now that manpower has come he began to count on them Now God wants him to realize not to count on men, not to count on people, not count on things, not to count on the money, not to count on his own valor and power. Not to count on what Israel can do, but to count on what God can do. Hallelujah. And this was something that was obnoxious in God's eyes. And so God began to take him to task and he says, I'm going to send you a punishment, choose what you want. and david says it's better to fall in the hands of god because god will be merciful than to fall in the hands of men and you know what happened the angel of the lord comes and comes and strikes down 70000 people and god is touched seeing the calamity that's coming upon the people and told the angel withdraw your hand and what happens after that David goes and offers a sacrifice in the very land where the angel of the Lord stood in that property of Arauna the Jebusite he goes to Arauna and he asks him can you give me your property because i'm going to come and build an altar unto the Lord so that this plague will stop he comes with repentance right from the beginning david is repentful the moment the moment david knew that god was beginning to punish israel way back in verse 7 he says in verse 8 i have sinned greatly against the lord immediately he had not only had a responsive heart but he had a repentful heart 
he said i have sinned he took full ownership of his own life he took full ownership of his actions he did not justify it he didn't say no i didn't do anything wrong i still believe in you god but i was just wanting to have a statistics it's just for my records it's just going to go into my files <laughs> you get what i'm saying that's how we will justify our actions that's how we will justify our thoughts that's how we will justify god does not want us to justify if he doesn't like it let's just say lord i repent i'm sorry i've sinned hallelujah amen we can come up with n number of excuses and we are very good at you know shifting the blame for some other reason or for something else but let's take ownership of our own actions let's take ownership of our words let's take ownership of our attitudes let's take ownership of our behavior and say i have done wrong yes i have done wrong maybe it was not known to anybody when we did it maybe nobody saw it maybe some way god has brought it up god has brought it to light and we are confronted by our own actions and the and the seer is confronting david with his actions hallelujah it's important that we yield to the confrontation amen it's better we even we confront ourselves before we are confronted by what we do amen that we always come in the presence of the lord and say lord i want to have a responsive heart a repentful heart not that we have to be guilty all the time not that we have to be self condemn condemning all the time not that we always ought to carry this insecure unworthy feeling all the time but to have a clean heart to have a heart of flesh and not a stone not a one of stone and to have a heart where the spirit of the lord will dwell and work we need a repentful heart and be willing to be confronted when somebody confronts us with the seer is confronting david anybody may confront us god even used the donkey's mouth to confront the prophet god used the pharisees to confront the adulterous woman not that they were saints who had the right and the authority to confront but god used people to confront hallelujah when we are confronted it becomes shameful we become guilty it becomes embarrassing what we thought went under the carpet now suddenly has surfaced it's very shameful it's unbelievable and so we want to come up with excuses and so we want to shift the blame on somebody else and so we want to accuse start accusing someone else and so we want to say how good we were at other times we have n number of ways of managing eve did it adam did it we are all children of adam and eve god bless you are you with me this morning but if we will be willing to face it hallelujah amen would you tell your neighbor face it <laughs> hallelujah face it be bold and face it and say it's better for me to fall in the hands of the living god and have a repentful heart and god has mercy upon the land god has mercy upon david remember david continues to be a man after god's own heart 
He was not a perfect man, but he was sensitive to the heart of God. A man who had a heart that God desired. Even when prophet Nathan confronted David of his sin of murder and adultery, immediately he came down on sackcloth and ashes and repented and prayed until the child died. And when the child had died, he knew it's done. He repented. He asked God, created me a clean heart, O God. Hallelujah. Be willing to face it. All of the officials were standing around. All of the servants were watching him weep and wail. All of them were seeing how a king has, you know, come to this disgraceful state. He did not care about what people thought. He faced the situation. Hallelujah. He faced his error for himself. He faced and confronted himself with what was confronting him. He allowed the thing that was confronting him to confront Hallelujah. He faced it. He took responsibility for his actions. He didn't say, what will the others think? For us, the biggest problem is our image. We want to guard our image. We want to look good in the eyes of everybody. Would you allow yourself to become more vulnerable and need be even exposed? Hallelujah. I'm willing to go through the shame I'm willing to face everything that happens, all of its consequences, as long as I can repent before God and His mercy and favor will be extended to me. Hallelujah. Is it not better to face it and repent and experience and receive the favor of God than to be unrepentful and unwilling to face it and unwilling to yield to confrontation and unwilling to take responsibility for actions and that will bring us to disaster, a greater disaster. Hallelujah. It's better we face it. It's better we are put to shame for a while. It's better we go on with you know, sackcloth and ashes. It's better that people look at us. But you know the respect and the honor that you will receive after you've been through it and you've repented for it and you've, and you've dealt with it and if you come out of it, the honor and the respect that you will receive will be much greater. People will see and say, this is an authentic life. <laughs> they will not say, oh, this is a double life, this is a hypocritical life and people can see through the hypocrisy, people can see through the actions that we do, people can see through the cover-up. But it's better we come face to face with it and yes, it will be embarrassing. Yes, it will be shameful. Yes, it will be uncomfortable. Yes, it will disturb us from our comfort zone. But it's fine. Let's face it and let's take the shame and let's repent. But after we have repented, we will come clean in the sight of God. And then God's favor will come upon you in such a way that you can't imagine. Hallelujah. David goes and says, give me this property. I'm going to come and, and offer the sacrifice in your property. And Arauna says, oh, the king has come to my property. He falls to the ground and he says, king, oh, whatever you want, take what you want. Nothing belongs to me. You take it for yourself. He's willingly offering to the king. But David says, I will not offer unto God that costs me nothing. Hallelujah. He's willing to pay the price of repentance. Willing to pay the price that comes along with repentance. Zacchaeus did it. Are you with me this morning? Zacchaeus did it. He was willing to pay the price 
that comes along with repentance but it's good to pay the price that comes along with repentance hallelujah because that gives you a clean heart this cleansing is not just like oh create in me a clean heart oh god it's not just singing a song we can sing a song but it comes with action backed up with action repentance that is backed up with action repentance that is backed up with the right things to be done hallelujah a lot of people crying out for with repentance but never do any restitution that has to happen along with repentance do the restitution that has to happen along with the repentance he says i will not offer unto god that cost me nothing look at that in verse number 24 then king david replied arauna no i insist on paying the full price for the property i will not take for the lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that cost me nothing hallelujah pay the price and you're going to have this clean heart and a peace that passeth all understanding will come into your heart and your life hallelujah you will have 100% peace with god you will have peace with one another amen hallelujah you don't have to cover up you don't have to say a lot of things you don't have to prove that you're right you don't have to push yourself through you don't have to shift the blame on somebody else you don't have to manipulate you don't have to say lies one lie for another lie one lie to cover another lie you don't have to go in this cycle vicious cycle that's going to eat you up on the inside and nobody will know it and one day it will burst out it'll come out it'll get exposed and it will be too late to deal with good to deal with things while it's still young while it's still starting up while it's still budding while it's still exposed when the spirit of god is confronting when the word of god is confronting us when the word of god when the word of god through the through the servants of god is confronting us when there is a counsel when there is a confrontation it's good we receive it hallelujah amen it's good that we have some people in our lives who will be able to speak to our face our faults amen we don't like it it's not comfortable it's not easy it doesn't feel good but it's good if somebody comes and tells us where we are going wrong then to be assuming that we are right while we've been wrong all the time and realize that we have been wrong after we have suffered enormous loss and lost the grace of god are you with me this morning which is better which is better to be confronted amen isn't that better for somebody to come and tell us it's better for our lives to be more transparent and we be more vulnerable and open for us for people to speak to our, into our lives it's good for us to be accountable with people around us who will be able to speak into our lives and say hey you've not you're not like the way you used to be you're not carrying the kind of attitude that you used to have you're not that patient and self control like you used to be it's good for people to come and tell us then for us to be blind and go fall into the pit amen hallelujah of course it's not a very exciting sermon to shout a loud hallelujah and be jumping on our seats but i think this is the raw truth of god's word amen hallelujah we want to pursue the raw truth of god's word we don't want just something sugar coated and that's something that just feels good but the simple plain truth 
as it is. Amen. Because that's going to work good for our lives. Hallelujah. We're going to benefit out of it. Ultimately, you're the one who's going to experience the favor of God. Praise the Lord. You see the way God blesses David. It's an amazing way he blesses David. You experience God's answer. And even as he offered the sacrifice in verse number 27. And the Lord spoke to the angel and he put his sword back into his sheath. Verse 28, at that time when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Arauna, the Jebusite, he offered sacrifices there. The tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses had made in the desert and the altar of burnt offering were at that time in the high place at Gibeon. In verse 26, David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. God answers when you repent. When we have the heart that God desires is a repentful heart. And when you have a repentful heart, God answers a heart that is repentful. Hallelujah. We can be praying for many things. We can be asking God for many things. We can be waiting on God for many miracles. We can be waiting for answers for a long time. But a repentful heart will open the door for answers to come. Hallelujah. A repentful heart will open the door for answers to come. And so I pray this morning that we will have a responsive heart. A repentful heart. And quickly and thirdly and lastly, a, a broken heart. A broken and a contrite heart. The Bible often speaks of a contrite heart. In Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 2, the Lord says, These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in heart and who tremble at my word. The ones I look on with favor. Those who have a broken and a contrite heart. Humble and a contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Also read Psalm 51 and verse 17. David writes, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Contrition is spoken of as something that God likes. It is linked in these verses of humility and brokenness and a healthy fear of God's word. Contrition is something that is coupled with humility and brokenness of heart. And a healthy fear of God's word. So what exactly does God wants us to have, want us to have? A broken and a contrite spirit. Uh, not a stubborn heart. Not an unyielding heart. Not a rebellious heart. Some people pray prayers of repentance. But have stubbornness of heart. I'm not talking about what we say in our mouth. I'm talking about what is our imagination. What are our thoughts? What, are our, what is going on in our mind? What kind of a heart we have? How do we respond? How are we responding to God's word? And that he wants us to have a broken and a contrite heart. A contrite heart is one in which the natural pride and self-sufficiency have been completely humbled by the consciousness of guilt and conviction that God has brought into our hearts. It is a heart that has been completely humbled, which... A contrite heart is one which the natural pride and self-sufficiency have been completely humbled. I have nothing that I can do my, myself. I don't want to take pride in anything. I don't want to stand on anything. But I want to completely say, God, I surrender into your hands. Hallelujah. 
a broken and a contrite heart a heart that is broken a heart that is not rebellious and resisting to god's word and to conviction and to realization a heart that is not unyielding but a heart that is yielding and willing and submissive and teachable a heart that is willing to receive a heart that is taking confrontation of sin when it is confronted a heart that is willing to go through the process of repentance a heart that is willing to go through the process of restitution to pay back for anybody whom we've wronged that's a broken and a contrite heart a healthy fear of god the hebrew and the greek words often translated contrite actually mean crushed a crush you know crushed in the heart broken it seizes our heart so much that we feel so convicted and so crushed and that only the word of god can do that to us when we continue to justify our own wrong actions we continue to live in our depravity we continue to resist the work of god but when we yield and we come before god with a broken and a contrite spirit and we allow the word and the spirit of god to bring conviction and bring change into our hearts and our minds what happens is there is an amazing work of the spirit that is that is, that happens a contrite heart offers no excuses or does not shifts blame it fully agrees with god how evil it is a contrite heart throws itself upon the mercy of god knowing that it doesn't it deserves nothing but righteous wrath it realizes that i don't deserve anything but a righteous wrath that's a broken heart that's a contrite heart it realizes the reality of the situation it realizes the reality of the inward condition it realizes the reality of what god can do to someone who's in this kind of a thing but comes and falls at the mercy of god hallelujah that's a broken and a contrite heart with that kind of a heart god is well pleased he will not despise is that amazing he will not reject god resists the proud there's one group of people whom god resists to whom god becomes an enemy what a danger it is if god becomes our enemy but god does not despise the one who has a broken and a contrite heart a contrite heart throws itself upon the mercy of god and pleads for god's mercy and the place of contrition and brokenness is a good place to be hallelujah it's a good place to be it's a good place to be God says in Isaiah 57 verse 15 quickly let's read that 5715 Isaiah 5715 I live in a high and a holy place I live in a high and a holy place but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit You may yet not be perfect but he dwells among the ones who have a broken and a contrite heart He lives in a high and a holy place but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly he doesn't want to crush our spirit he comes to revive he wants you to recover hallelujah his intention is not to break us but to build us up but we go through this brokenness and contr- contrition 
where even though he lives in a high and a holy place he comes to us but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite the contrite are promised with a dwelling place with god god comes and dwells resides not visit reside amen hallelujah when you have a heart that is responsive you experience god's favor when you have a repentant heart you hear god's answer coming from heaven when you have a broken and a contrite heart god comes and dwells in you hallelujah if i can put it in more contemporary words he likes to hang around with you <laughs> you like to hang around at starbucks and have coffee he likes to hang around with you Amen. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to stay with you. He finds this a good place to stay. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing? Praise the Lord. A broken and a contrite spirit. And if the circumstances of life, the problems and the needs of life, the consequences of our own actions, if they've all led us somewhere close to this, I want you to know you're in a good place. You hear me well this morning. If the circumstances of life, the crisis that you've been through, the storms of life, the needs that you've faced, the consequences of your own wrong actions and choices, if all of these has led you to this place that is touching your heart, bringing forth a responsive heart, drawing you to repentance and restitution and bringing forth a broken and a contrite spirit i want you to know that you are in the right place at the right time you can you can be assured that your future is going to be blessed you can be assured that the favor of god is upon you you can be assured that god is certainly going to answer you you can be absolutely assured that god will reside with you hallelujah you can be assured that he has found a place in you He's found a place in you. Jesus said, we will come and make our home with you. We will come, the triune God will come and make our home with you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He wants us to have a clean heart so that ultimately he will come and live with us. I will be their God. They will be my people and I will dwell among them. I will dwell among them. Hallelujah. And his favor and his answers and his dwelling is a certain privilege that you and I can enjoy. We don't have to cry for it, we don't have to weep for it, we don't have to beg him for it, we don't have to, you know, beat ourselves down for it. He's waiting for for that. He wants to bring us to a place where he can come and bless. Hallelujah. where he can come and stay where he can come and show his favor when he can speak answers into your life he wants us to have a clean heart not an impure one he wants us to have a sensitive heart a heart of flesh not a heart of stone he wants us to have a heart that the spirit of god can come and dwell a new heart amen may the lord may the lord give us a new heart this morning 
the word of the lord has brought a cleansing into our hearts this morning has brought change has brought restitution has brought repentance has brought response brought about a response i sense that in the holy spirit this morning